It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 3. And then go find your place in Colossians chapter 4. Or just an entire book of Colossians. We'll be in the book of Colossians for the rest of this month. Well, the next four weeks in Colossians. And, and looking at each chapter night. Tonight we'll look at chapter 1 and the rest of the night. Right with chapter 2, chapter 3, and chapter 4. Revelations chapter 3, very familiar story, you know this, Laodicea in church, you know this story, I don't, have, I, I don't even have to read it, you should know, know it front and backwards, you should know this story of the, uh, this church here. But in verse number 14, it says, And to the angel of the church of Laodiceans, write these things, saith Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would spew that out, worth, uh, I, I would thou worth, uh, were cold or hot. So be, then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked? I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire, that thou mayest be rich in white raiments, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and thou anoint thy eyes with eye salves. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, be zealous, therefore, and repent. I, I love, love this. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come unto him, and he will sup with me, and with him, and, and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I overcometh, and I am set down in my father's in his throne. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit say unto the churches. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you. Lord, tonight we just ask you to open our hearts and minds, Lord, to receive the engrafted word that you would have us to have tonight, Lord. Help us to learn of you, and, and Lord, apply it to our lives, Lord, that we be what you would call us to be. And Father, we'll just uh, praise you tonight. We'll glorify you. We'll shout tonight for you, Lord. And we'll give you the uh, praise for everything we do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. We read in Revelation chapter 3, and, and chapter 3 is a very familiar church in the book of Revelation, is one of that to believe the last church ages here. And it's a type before the rapture. And not only is this church at Laodicea in the days of John, but I believe that it also stands a representation uh, uh, with the last day's church of today that will be like in, before the rapture happens. The last day's church is this, uh, is representative of many churches that we'll see in 2021. Uh, we see some observations that I hope that will never, never come our way, never hit our church. We find that Jesus is literally indicting his own church here. He is literally bringing up charges against this church, his bride tonight. And he's telling her things that has disappointed him as the espouse wife of the Lamb. Here we find that he said, you are a lukewarm church. He said, there weren't cold nor hot. He said, I, I wish you were one or the other. 
but you're not. You're, you're cold. You're not cold. You're not hot. And just somewhere in between that. The sad thing about this church, there's, there's a mixture. There were a, a mixture between the flesh and the spirit and the mixture of the worldliness and spiritual. How many of you know that you can't mix them together? It's like oil and water. You cannot mix them together. We have churches today where they will grab some of the world's uh, 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 approach and, and some of God's approach and they try to bring them together and try to fuse them together and have church on it. And we'll try to mix it and mesh it and mingle it together in the name of unity and name of love and outreach. But it has never been God's plan for His church. God's will for the church has always been to come out Come out from among them. Be ye separated, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. To be a sharp contrast of what you see, what it used to be, and how it is tonight. That was a lukewarm church. It, 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 It was a compromising church. It had compromised to the point to, the Bible said it made God sick. The only church in the New Testament that literally made Jesus sick on the stomach to the point that he said, I, I want to spew you out of my mouth. What a sad commentation. What a sad commentary of a church that Jesus will look at and say, your evangelism, your look of excitement, love for souls. Look at the love for the Lord. He would say, everything about your church literally makes me sick. What a sad and sorrowful indictment against a local church. Lord, help us if we ever got to that point. Lord, help us to get, never to get to that point. They, they were not only a compromising church, but they were also a lacking church. They were lacking several things, but they didn't think they were lacking anything. According to verse 17, they said, I am rich, I'm increased with goods, and who have need of nothing. But Jesus said, and thou knowest not. They did not realize that they were lacking some key areas that were like the uh, Samson of the old, uh, when he said to the Philistines, uh, uh, he laid his head in uh, 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 Delilah's lap and said, the Philistines upon you, uh, and he rise up, and he says, I'll rise up as times before, and I'll shake them off. Uh, But he didn't realize when he got up that time, after he shouldn't have cut his hair off, that the God was no longer with him no more. They got to the point they didn't realize God was with this church anymore. And the saddest thing, saddest thing with Samson, he said, he wist not that the Lord had departed from him. He didn't know that God wasn't around him anymore. I I believe there's a lot of churches that are just like Samson. 
A lot of churches are just like the Laodicean church here. Uh, they have no idea that God is not even in the building. They have no idea that God is not even the preaching. That God is not in the worship. God is not in the singing because they have, have buildings, because they have richness, they have money, they have all these things, they have popularity, they have money, but they, they think God is in all that place. And little do they know the Lord has written Ichabod of the door and he has left the building. They were lacking. Jesus said in verse 18, they that are lacking in key areas, I counsel thee to buy me gold tried and fire. He's not talking about physical gold here because they have already got that. They already got the gold. He is talking about spiritual gold. They're not like they are lacking in faith today. He said in 1 Peter chapter 1 and 7 that the trials of your faith being much more precious than gold that perished, though it be tried with fire. They were lacking in faith toward the scriptures. They were lacking in the faith towards God and in faith their, their personal walk with God. He said, You need some more faith because you're lacking it. They were lacking in righteousness. In white raiments that thou mayest be clothed. He's, he is not literally talking clothes in Revelation 19. And, and to her was granted that she betrayed in the fine linen, linen clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. After you get saved, when you get saved, it is your job, it is your duty uh, to add faith, uh, faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, uh, and temperance, patience, uh, and patience, godliness, and brotherly love and charity. This is your personal righteousness after you've gotten saved by God. It's not God's righteousness. You get that when God saved you, but God says there's a personal righteousness that you need to add to it every day. They, they were lacking in sight. He said, anoint thy eyes with eyes out that they may see. They had turned a blind eye to their poor spiritual condition. What are the churches of 2021? I say, well, I, I don't see nothing wrong with that. I, I don't see anything wrong with this. I don't see anything wrong with this or that. This, the problem is, they just don't see tonight. That's the problem with a lot of churches today. They don't have, uh, see anything. They were, they were lukewarm and they were lacking. But the worst thing I could think about this church, this church was a locked up church. Verse number 20, Behold, I stand at the door and Jesus Christ is locked out of his own church. Jesus is standing at the door. He's knocking at the door and nobody wants Jesus in the church. What a sad place that Jesus gets locked out of the assembly that he bought, that he purchased, and now the church is saying, We don't want you in here. We don't need you in here. That is the mark of the last day's church. So how, how did this church, if you study the 
churches in the New Testament. How did this church, the Laodicean church, who once was so on fire for God, they worshiped for God, they got, they got seen things done. How did this church get to this point that they got lukewarm, they were lacking, they didn't have spiritual things, no spiritual gifts, and they locked Jesus out of their own assembly. How did they get to this point? Can I say this? It can happen to us. It can happen to us. Go to Colossians. Chapter 4. I'll tell you how they got to this point. They got to this point because they rejected the correction that was given. You say, what does Colossians have to do with this stuff? I know this. When we say lay out and see in churches, what do you think? Revelations chapter 3. Automatically. Can I say this? It's only mentioned once in chapter 1 of Revelations and only mentioned once in chapter 3 of Revelations. But here in Colossians, it's mentioned five times. Five times. And here in Colossians, it was a church that was on fire. It was a church that, uh, uh, that, that God looked at and said, hey, that's a church on fire. That's a church that I love. That's a church that's doing great things. But somehow or another, you go back from the church in, 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 in uh, Revelation chapter 3, go back 30 years, and you're here right here in Colossians, Colossians right here. You'll find out that when you read this, the town Colossae and the town of Laodicea, was about 10 miles apart. They, they, Paul had preached in both places. The letter that John wrote to his church around about 90 A.D., and here the letter in Colossians was written around 60 A.D. 30 years prior to John writing his letter, this letter was written to the same church that we just read about. The church that was lacking, the church that uh, uh, locked Jesus out, the church that uh, did, thought they didn't need anything, they rejected it. And how did they get to that point? They rejected what Paul had wrote to them as correction. The reason why they wind up in such shape, they rejected correction that should have been received 30 years prior to that day. Chapter 4, verse number 12. Epaphras, who is one among you, a servant of Christ, salute you always, laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he have great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea and help them in Hepatopolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read this epistle from Laodicea. In other words, he's saying, I'm writing this epistle to you. I, I, there's some things that you need to get a hold of. There's some things that you need to get corrected. And I'm not only writing it to you, but uh, I'm also writing to that sister church over there. I, I want you both to read it. I just don't want one of you to read it, but I want both of you to read this epistle that I'm writing to you. Listen to me. You say, I hope our church stays right where it should. 
we, we try to live clean. We try to do right. Uh, we start, try to stay red hot for God. Uh, we're not lukewarm. We're not lacking in spiritual gifts, but striving in spiritual gifts and, and not locking Jesus out of the church. Listen to me. It takes re- receiving corrective words from the God. This is what's so scary. I know all kinds of churches tonight. 30 years ago when I was in those churches and I seen what was going on in churches, they were red hot for God. They were shouting for God. They were praising God. People were getting saved. The baptismal water was being stirred. Preachers come in and preach uh, and people were excited. But 30 years now, at that time, now it's a dead church. It's not on fire no more. They not have zeal for God no more. They don't worship God the way they should. They don't have anything going on for God no more. They have actually lost God out of the church that Jesus bought. You see, it can't happen to us. Yes, it can happen to us. If we don't receive the correction from the Word of God and apply it to our lives, this could happen to you and I tonight. How can that happen? You can get to the place where you don't care what God said. Get the place where God, you don't care. It doesn't matter to you what the Bible says. You make up your own mind. You're going to do your own thing. I believe if we will take a correction from Colossians that the Laodicea is rejected, we'll be all right. I think we'll be all right. I want not only to make sure the children, these, this, uh, here, the children that are here, have a place where they can come and worship God in spirit and truth for the next 30 years. Let's be honest, if the Lord doesn't come back for 30 years from now, how how many of y'all can, 50 in here, can remember back when you was 20? It seems just like yesterday. Amen. 60 years old, remember back when you was 30? It's just like, it was just like yesterday. I can remember being in diapers yesterday. It's passed that fast. It's gone that way. It's just passed. Time goes. It, It don't stand still. It keeps going. And 30 years from now, if God tarries, where are you going to be at? Where's these kids going to be at? Let's be honest. If God tarries, 30 years will pass in a snap. In a snap. It will happen. But that should not discourage you from wanting to leave behind a legacy uh, uh, that somebody following in your footsteps and your path saying, thank God for sister so-and-so. Thank God for brother so-and-so. They worship God and they live for God. They, they live God through the very dying days and they have left a pattern to follow after. And that's what we need to do is live a pattern that people can follow after in our church tonight. Listen, 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 saints of God, it's not time to throw it in neutral. It's not time to back up. This generation here needs to see some people that worship God in truth and spirit. They need to see people that are running the, the last mile of the way, not giving up, not throwing the tile in, but keep going for God. 
They want to see people that said, hey, I serve God and God is being good. We say God is good all the time. God is great all the time. But we got people that need to see that, that God is good today and God is good 30 years from now. I'm going to keep running this race. I'm not giving up. I'm not backing up. I'm not throwing in the neutral. I'm, I'm heading down the road. Hey, if you want to get a hold of it, just get a hold of it. We'll go down the road together. I'm not giving up on God because God has not given up on me. I'm going the long haul. Children need to see that tonight that you say what you are. They know that you're going to run this race no matter what comes over. They need to see, hey, when you're talking about trials and storms coming here, they need to see how you handle those trials and storms. They don't need to say, well, my world is caving in. I ain't got no hope. I ain't got no help. I, I'm just about ready to throw it in. They don't need to see that. They need to see when it all hope's gone and there's no hope, the, the world's caving in and they say, hey, I still got God. He's going to take care of me. This, it's not time to back up. You need to live a testimony in your life for the children to see it. They need to see a testimony in their soul. So they, they know when they get there 30 years down the road, they won't be burned out. They won't back up. They won't sell out. They'll still serve God. So we're dealing with corrections from Colossians. Corrections that will help you to continue. Corrections that'll help you stay in the race. And I, can I say this? This race is a, is a hard race. It's not an easy race. But as long as we got Jesus, we can make it to the end. So tonight I want to take chapter 1. If you could turn to chapter 1. I want to look at chapter 1. And give you some thoughts on chapter 1. Then we'll next... Sunday night we'll do chapter 2, next Sunday night we'll do chapter 3, next Sunday night chapter 4. I, 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 I'm trying to get us ready for what the world's going to throw at us. I'm trying to get us ready to prepare ourselves that when the world says you can't do this, you'll stand tough, you'll stand strong with what God says. Colossians 1 Verse 21, you know the problem with the church of Laodicea, it did, not, it did not continue. It said, I want you to continue in the faith, be settled, don't move around, don't move away from it. But, but somewhere along the line, they did not continue in what they had learned. You know what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3? But continue thou in the things that which thou hast learned, and thou hast assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Listen, it's going to take some things you have learned, it's going to things that you have read, and things that you have been taught tonight. Don't throw them aside. Verse 21. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by the wicked one, wicked works, yet now hath he re reconciled. In the body of the flesh, though the death to present you holy and unblameable 
and unprovable in his sight. If you continue in the faith, grounded, settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which have been preached to you, every creature which under the heaven, where am I, Paul, have been made a minister? Now listen, it breaks my heart tonight. These young men and these young women sitting in his church right here that would toss their Bible away, toss their godly music away, uh, godly standards away, and, and just throw the, everything in the garbage. Everything they've learned, everything they saw, thrown away. And they start walking down a road of carnality and compromise. Just continue in what you have learned tonight. And what we're supposed to continue in things is in chapter 1. We're to continue in our walk. Verse number 10, he said, continue. That ye may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. He is not talking about walking so that you can get saved. Walking worthy so the Lord can save you. He's not talking like that. He is talking about walking worthy of what you have received. Uh, Jesus Christ saved you. And now you're living in that. And you should live a life that is worthy of the Lord. Of that which you have received from Him. I like, the, I like that word worthy. He said that you walk, might walk worthy. That word worthy means suitable or being fitted to the name that you'll carry. I want you to walk in a way that is suitable in the name that which is now attached to you. You say, what name is attached to me here? The name of Christ is attached to you. You are a Christian. You have his name on your life. If you're born again, uh, you're a child of God, and you claim to be a Christian, you're not running around with your name anymore. You're walking around with his name attached to you. The name of the perfect Son of God. You say, what am I supposed to do with it? You're to walk in a way that is worthy and fitting of Him. Of Him. You know the sad thing about the Laodiceans? They read the same epistle. Listen, carnal, lukewarm church, they started out reading about. They read the same that you and I are reading right now. And somewhere along the line, they decided... I'm not going to walk that way. I, I feel like uh, that way is too restricted. I feel like uh, uh, that way is too narrow-minded. Let me say this. The way that we walk, I, I've seen people come here, and they leave. They come and, and shout and run and shout, and, and next thing you know, they're gone. You don't see them no more. And, and you hear them say, well, y'all just too restricted. Y'all just too strict. It's not that we're too restrict. You're just too compromising. 
You're too compromised. You want to compromise on this, compromise on that. And if, you, if we're not strict, we're just following what the Word of God says. And if you want to walk the way you want to walk, you're going to have to turn the Word of God down and say, I, I'm not going to walk that way. I'm not going to live my life that way. I'm going to live it the way I want to live my life. Then you're not going to be walking with God. Amen. Cannot walk with God when you want to live your life your way. Our walk should be a faithful walk. It should be a fruitful walk. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all the pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Do you know what our job as a Christian is? It, is it a, it's to walk in a way that bears fruit in our lives. You're bearing any, let me ask, are you bearing any fruit in your life tonight? Bearing any fruit in your life. And that's what Jesus said in John chapter 15. I am the vine and you are the branches. What do you say if you live? If you don't bear fruit, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to burn it. And what he's, saying, you, what he's saying is you can't bear any fruit unless you're attached to the vine. I'm telling you, you cannot walk this walk. You cannot bear fruit in this walk. You cannot do anything in this walk unless you stay close to the vine, get attached to the vine, hang out with the vine, and get around with the vine. You can't bear no fruit in this thing. He is the vine. You're not the vine. He said, hey, if you want to bear fruit, you've got to stay close to me. Can you as a Christian, let me ask you this, I'm going to be honest with you. Can, can you as a Christian look anywhere in your life and say, there is some fruit. There is some fruit in my life with walk with God. You have any fruit in your walk with God? Laodicea in church did not have any fruit. This is a, a, a continued walk. It's a fruitful walk. It's a furthering walk. Walk worthy of the Lord until all pleasing, being faithful, fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Don't get satisfied where you're at in your walk with God today. Don't get satisfied. We always quote the verse, 2 Peter chapter 3. We always quote that verse, but we leave rusted off. We always say, grow in the grace of of God. We all, we all say, we all do that. We're growing, but you, we, don't, we don't quote the rest of that verse. But grow in the grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's knowledge. You, you need to grow in grace. Yeah, you need to grow in grace. But you need to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ tonight. Amen. You need to grow in that knowledge. You should never get to the place in your Christian life, that you feel like you have arrived. Never get to that place. Your walk is stagnated and you will always, you, you know all the Bible that you need to know. You don't need to know anymore. You've learned all that you need to learn about Jesus Christ. You don't need to know anymore about Him. You need to get to the place in your life that you continue walking with Him daily. Learn more about him. Love more about him every day. Don't, just don't say, I, I, I'm, I'm through right here. I, I've arrived. I've done, done all I needed to do. It's a forceful walk. Verse 11 says, strengthen with all might. 
strengthened with all might. you you got to strengthen yourself. You're not going to walk this walk by yourself. You can't do it by yourself. You need his help. You need his strength. I can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hey, we throw that out there quick. But boy, we get in trouble. We don't call on him. We don't call on him. I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you really believe that? Without him, you can do nothing. Jesus said, without me, you can't do anything. It's a, it's a, force, it's a forceful walk. We, we need to continue in our worship. Verse number 12. Giving thanks unto the Father which had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son in whom we have redemption through His blood even the forgiveness of sins. Let me stop right there. Do you know how to tell whether you have the right Bible or not? There's an acid test you can give your Bible to see if it's the right Bible or not. If the blood is not in verse number 14, you have a satanic Bible. You need to get rid of it. You need to get rid of it. If you get a Bible and tell you you don't have to have the blood, I'd get rid of it. Get rid of it. I don't buy it. Verse 15, who in his image of the invisible God, firstborn of every creature, it seems like Paul's doing some worship in here. He's getting hold of it, getting worship. For him that have all things created that were heaven and that were earth was visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities and the powers of all were created by him and for him and is before all things and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead and that in all things he might have preeminence. And that, I, mean, <laughs> I, I just read that. That's some good preaching right there. I, I'm telling you, that, that right there ought to just make you just jump out and shout a little bit and say, hey, praise God. I, I, he's the firstborn. He's raised me to the dead. I, I've got, I, that, ought, that ought to just make you shout. I have hope that we continue in our walk, but also here at the church we continue in our worship together tonight. I never want to get over the, the wonders of what I just read. Never want to get over the fact of what I just read. God help a Christian that we just, what we have just read, and it don't do anything in your soul tonight. That's literally shouting ground. I hope that we always maintain our worship at church, that God for the church, that he, was, he lost things and he's the wonder of it all. He's preeminence over everything. I don't ever want to get to the point where I say, well, that's, that don't mean nothing to me. It means everything to me. He died for me. He gave his life for me. And let me tell you what, he created everything. We continue to worship because of what he's done. We say, look at verse 12 and 13 and 14. He has made us meet, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light. The word meet in this text literally means to enable 
or to qualify someone. He said he's enabled me, he's qualified me to be partakers of the inheritance. I, I'm qualified to the inheritance of the things of heaven. He, he's also moved me out, and I love this, who have delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated... I love the hound out of that word. He, what he's saying here is, I was here, but now I'm here. He says, you've been translated. Thank God. Who delivers out of the power of darkness and has translated, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I am no longer living in the dark. I've been moved out. I've been... I, I, I've been uh, uh, spotted out. I've been a spotlight shone on me. I know more uh, something about worship about. I, 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 I'm not in the darkness no more. I'm worshiping for the fact that I have been translated from one spot to the other spot. I'm no longer in the darkness. I'm in the light. I, 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 we worship in that, that. We ought to worship that. He marked my soul. He marked your soul. Verse number 14, whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. His blood stains are on my soul. His blood stain is on your soul. When he, when he looks at me, he says his blood. He's not talk, talking about uh, uh, things, but uh, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the carnal, the lukewarm. Uh, churches fail to appreciate any more about what he's done for them. The, the simple stuff, stuff that people uh, start uh, slipping on. That, that, that's where it starts when you get, start getting carnal, when you start getting lukewarm. The, the simple stuff of God, what God has done for you, where he, he purchased you, that simple stuff that God saved you from the sinner, and you're on your way ahead, that's that simple stuff. That's when we start looking at that and don't worry about it, don't worship about it no more, don't walk in that way no more. We start losing our faith, and we become a lukewarm church. Never, ever get over the fact that God died for you. He didn't have to come. He didn't have to come to save you. But he said, I'll go. He knew there had to be a, someone to come in and take the place of that lamb. He said, I'll go. And you should never get over the fact that he died for you and he moved you out of darkness into light. That's just shouting ground. How amen. We worship him for who he is. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For him that were all things created that are in heaven and that in earth, visible and invisible. Whether it be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. We don't worship him just for what he's done. We worship him for who he is. He is the creator. He created all things, the heavens, the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, and all those things, the trees, everything you see out there, he, he created that. But he said not only things that are visible, but the things that's invisible. Do you know he created the atoms? And I can't see an atom, but God created. And, and, and he created all things. It was created by him. For him. 
if we are created by Him, then you ought to look at it this way. If He created me and all things He created by Him, for Him, then you were created for Him. You ought to be silent about that. That's, I was created for God. Amen. We don't worship because He, he heals and He does these things. We worship because who He is. Look at verse 28 of chapter 1. There's so much in here. I'm trying to narrow it down. I want to keep it here all night long, but it's just so much in this book. Whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Wherefore I also labor striving according to his work, working, which worketh in me mightily. We're to continue in this walk. Paul said, I, I tell you what I'm working at. God has done a work in me, and I'm not just going to sit down. He said, I'm working. He says, every man created where I'm also laboring, striving according to his work. He said, I'm laboring, I'm striving. Because God has done a work in me, I, I shouldn't just sit down. A lot of us think once I get saved, I can just sit down. No, when you get saved, God has put something inside of you that you can't put in yourself. I can't put in you, but God said, I put something in you. It ought to make you want to get up and do the work of God. I found out a long time ago, God put something in me that I couldn't put in myself. Just because God put something in me that didn't give me the right to sit down and do nothing. Saying, well, God did it. We got to work it. No. Paul says, I am laboring according to his work in me mightily. I'm working because he put something in me. Don't go to sleep on his work. Don't go to sleep on his work. Keep working at what God has put your, in your life tonight. Don't quit. Don't give up. Can I say this? God has invested a lot in you. And I'm sure he wants some returns from that. But too many of us have just sat down on God. They got the mentality, I've got mine, you get yours. No. God has put a work in you. Uh, we see work. We've got work going on around here. We've got things happening around here. You ought to just get in and start working. Roll your sleeves up and say, Hey, Lord, uh, uh, you've got a work inside of me, and I'm, I'm just going to go to work for God. Thank you. Amen. I, I'd rather be home or on a lake somewhere or a golf course somewhere on Sunday morning. But God has put a work in me. I, I can't, I can't, I, I come to church sick because I just can't lay out. Now, I've been, I've been times I've been too sick to come to church. But there's been times I've been sick I just to come to church anyway. And I find that uh, when, I, when I'm sick, I might be sitting here. I, don't take this the wrong way because, well, every time I go to, go to church, if I'm sick, I'm going to go to church. And I left church and I'm still sick. No, don't do it that way. It helps me when I come to church. I can be sick. I, I'll sit over while I go. My, I get this pain going through my neck right here. A lot of times I get it, and sometimes it puts me to my knees. 
But when I get up here and, and, and start preaching the word of God, I, I think nothing about no pain. I, I, I can come to church sick and say, Lord, I, I'm going anyway. I know it's you. You put this work in me. I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to go to sleep. I'm going to do what you want me to do. I come to church. And I find that I feel a whole lot better when I leave. Really? Amen. We, 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 we done got this uh, lily pansy uh, Christianity. The, I'll stay home. <coughs> I'll stay home. You got a work to do. Amen. I'm pr praise God. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you. You've got a work to do. God has put a work inside of you. And Paul says, I'm laboring, striving according to the working which worketh in me mightily. You're born again. You're bought by the blood. You are a child of God. You have a job to do. You've got a job to do. We don't want to be like the layout of sin church. I don't want to be 30 years from now, our church be dead, lacking, lukewarm, done lock Jesus out. How do you keep from doing that? Well, you take the corrections that we have in Colossians and apply it to our lives and apply it to the church that we worship and praise God. We keep walking. We don't give up. We don't turn away. We keep going. Things get tough sometimes. Don't say, well, too tough for me, I'm going away. Just keep going. Just continue. What you have learned, what you've been taught, what you've read about, just keep in going in that. And don't give up on that. Amen.